Jazzy, do not throw up on my carpet. Hello and welcome back to Bottom of the Barrel, the show where we trudge through the absolute filth that is the bottom of cinema. My name is Gabe. And I'm Katie. And that's it. Just us two again. Um, except we're doing a little bit of, an, of a special episode, I would you say. M- you may see the title of this episode and be like, why the hell are they talking about Barbie and Oppenheimer yeah. on a podcast about shitty awful movies right well and, and we are what is wrong with you right and you may be wondering why the title of this episode is barbenheimer sure for those who aren't um i i guess with the the cultural phenomenon that is the the two the release of these two movies right um but um we we kind of want to expand here on bottom of the barrel we want to talk about um we want to have different kinds of episodes mm-hmm. uh, besides i'm um, just talking about terrible movies because t- uh, trust us it it it, it takes a toll on you sure Wa- watching nothing but really awful movies all the time yeah. it, c- it kind of puts a damper in an and a a real unenthusiasm yeah for the world around you for audio watchers um katie just turned italian <laughs> I just, and turned <laughs> and just started doing the italian like hand motion for um, i had to get the right it helps <laughs> me get the right thought in i my had to get the accent in my head but it didn't come through <laughs> not the accent um but we we really want to talk about um, just anything movie related because I think um, I think creatively we've uh, kind of put ourselves into a box by just talking about s- these specific kinds of movies. Which sure. granted, they're fun to to rip on and fun to uh, talk about. Yeah, depending on the movie, it's a it's totally fun and you know no harm in in talking about really awful movies all the time. Right. But I guess creatively. We would like to expand our horizons sure. a little bit, and we're still going to keep going with bottom of the barrel episodes. Of don't course, get r- don't get us wrong. We're of gonna course, we're going to still keep releasing um, bad movies. That's still the shtick of bottom kind of the of barrel, right? Yeah, is bad movies, is terrible movies. Yeah. Um, but we will be releasing um, theoretically. We will be on a um, weekly schedule, and mm-hmm. you will have two bottom of the barrel episodes as well as two like movie discussion episodes or or two episodes that mm-hmm. are just kind of about whatever movie movie news is in you know the news yeah movie related topics in the news or right. movies we watched that week yeah because um, sometimes just we just want to talk about the movie that we watched that week right whether it's good or bad in between regardless mm-hmm. and i'm hoping that our audience will appreciate that and will enjoy it as much as we do i hope so um so. i my hope is to also and uh, the discussion episodes can just be just about anything in our like film careers. Of, of course, um, I would uh, love to have an episode talk talking about like behind the scenes of Lost in the Woods. Oh and, yeah, and having some of the cast uh, and crew, especially I mean, definitely Baker, of course. Of course, um, and Daniel and Baker, of course, mm-hmm. uh, being cast in the movie. That would um, be awesome because our audience might not know, but you did Lost in the Woods before you met me. Yes. Before we met. So I I don't know anything about the behind the scenes. Like I kinda know I I'm friends with some of the cast members and I you've kinda in passing told me a little bit about it here and there, but it would be really interesting to have a discussion and maybe me interview you about or somebody interview you about Or like Baker or Daniel. Sure. About what 
what happened, the you know, the right. all the behind the scenes I action. I don't want it to be like, oh, well, hey, I made this movie now. Um, I also have this podcast now. You are going to talk about me. No, no, I wa- no. I, I wanted, to, I wanted it to be uh more just like the people who worked on it are mm-hmm. just you know discussing it as sure. a- as extremely amateur filmmakers. Sure, and I think that would be fun. So, um, but for our I guess our first um kind of discussion episode um. Mm-hmm. We are talking about the cultural phenomenon that is Barbenheimer. We're going straight to the tippy top. Straight to the tippy top. To the best in cinema where we've got the very bottom and now the very top. The very top. So um, w- now we now all we got left is the middle. This is kind of like it is it is a it really is a cultural phenomenon for at sure. Least, at least um in the internet world. Um and it is it's interesting because you wouldn't think like um, I understand uh, a uh, a wider appeal for Barbie, mm-hmm. and that being um, as um, groundbreaking as it is. Sure. But with a, a a war drama that's three hours long. Oh yeah. Um, that's nothing but conversations. Sure. Being um part of that conversation is kind of wild. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, to explain it a little bit, I guess um. On July 21st, um, Christopher Nolan's uh, Oppenheimer and Greta Gerwig's Barbie movie were released on the same day. I guess that's a week ago tomorrow that we're, when we're recording this, it'll be a week ago tomorrow. That we've watched it. That yeah, we watched wild. it. Yeah. Well, didn't we watch it on, on premiere on, day? On its premiere day. Yeah. 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 It, came, I mean, it came out like um, on Thursday because most new movies will like coming out on a Thursday. Sure. But, um, the official release date was on was on Friday, sure. and yeah, I guess that was a week ago to uh, tomorrow, which is which a week ago from the release of this episode, I guess, because this episode's coming out tomorrow. True. Okay. Um. So, the internet kind of went wild with mm-hmm. this, um, with this kind of like, oh, we need to do a double feature of this really gritty war drama and fucking Barbie starring Ryan Gosling um, mm-hmm. as Ken, which. We'll get to it. We'll sure. get to it. Um, so it just it just kind of created this a want to go back to the movies and a want to go back into theaters to sure. to to like experience it, which I think is really cool. I think it really redeveloped that drive for audiences to to go to the cinema and have that experience. Right. And and I said this w- a couple days before we went to see this. Um, we went and saw. Um, A24's Talk to Me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I said it then, but it really applied to, to Barbenheimer as well when we did the double feature. But there's something surreal and irreplicable about going into a theater with a crowd of strangers. You know, I'm not good with proportions, but like, let's say 40 to 50 strangers all in one room and experiencing something together. Um, you know, relief or or humor or fear or distress all at the same time, living that experience simultaneously. There's something unique and inhuman about it that I I really think that these that these two movies really brought back that drive for audiences and to to experience that again. Mm. And um. We r- we really saw a dip in uh, theater going, espe- mm-hmm. especially after the pandemic. Oh, of it's course. Uh, I don't, 
I'm trying to think. I think um, 2017, 2018, 2019, like, were really good years for movies. Mm-hmm. Um, like, you had Get Out in 2017. Right. Um, was that 2017 or 2016? No, I'm, no, I'm, I'm, um, I'm honestly not 100% sure. Because I did not go see that in theaters. I was not it is 2017. I was not into horror movies at that, at that point. I did not life. see it in theaters. I saw it when it came out on uh, VOD. That was good. good. That, that like peaked the mic. That was really good, though. Um, maybe don't slurp. Oh, yeah. That was a, a Dr. Pepper cream soda that Gabe just cracked open. Sponsored. It's one of the most unhealthiest things in the world for you, but it's so fucking good. <laughs> not sponsored. Not, yeah, not sponsored. But uh, yeah, it was like it was um, pre-pandemic. I would say the mm-hmm. movie business was pretty, pretty booming, and then sure. it just all went to shit once everyone had to stay inside their houses. You know. Yeah, and that was really unfortunate to see. All right. Sorry. Um, that was really unfortunate to see for sure, because mm-hmm. like yeah, you ha- you had your like straggler pandemic movies but mm-hmm. most everything went immediately to streaming right to and for so that um studios could compensate for not going yeah. not being not releasing in theaters and then for the longest time um nothing really was being made except for fucking marvel movies mm-hmm. you know and, and disney and pixar were making and a disney few. which you know disney losing millions of dollars in their recent True. adventures i think elementals straggling d- in the box office right now oh it is um, it's yeah, very much yeah i know it's i think it's n- n- like 200 million dollars short of its budget or something like yeah. that yeah it's really bad um but i mean then he, then he had like it started to pick up um i would say probably in 2022 2023 and then obviously mm-hmm. this year and these this year this was a, a big moment for for cinema yeah, th- these two movies i think really brought yeah. People back to the theaters and mm-hmm. and and the fact that they're both incredible, I th- I think reinforced why people should s- keep sure. going to movies. And I think it was really great that there were two filmmakers that were, I guess, almost like not working with each other, but really in favor of each other's success, mm-hmm. and were really positive about this being. A, like a resurgence mm-hmm. for cinema and theaters. Yeah. Um, and it's because of the meme that uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> Katie and I uh, saw both of these movies back to back last week. Uh, uh, I proceed with caution if you choose to do so. Right. Um, Please. I was fully decked out. Um, I had my Oppenheimer fit of, you know, I had, I had a, a cup of coffee that morning. <laughs> Black coffee. I didn't have a cigarette, but you know, I I was just really, um, you know, in my feels trying to get into the 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 sigma mind space oh God. of <laughs> of Ro- J. Robert Oppenheimer, God. and then I got my slacks and my button up shirt. We went and saw Oppenheimer, and had an existential crisis. Of course, um, as went you back do. to the car, changed into my all pink Barbie outfit. Went and saw Barbie, had another existential crisis, and that was the end of the day. Yeah. It was a heavy day, for sure. Um, definitely proceed with caution if you choose to watch both in the same day. Mm-hmm. It's a lot. Yeah. Uh, I will say up front, before we, ta- before we like really dive into both of these movies, um, I've never been 
What is that? I don't know. Something clicked. Um, yeah, something clicked. Um, I've never been more. I don't. I've never been affected by a movie the mm-hmm. way that I, that these two um, left me coming out of the theater. Same. The only other movie that like I've been truly affected by was The Green Mile. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was like when I first saw it. Sure. So seeing these two movies was wild because mm-hmm. as much as much as I love movies and I love uh, storytelling, mm-hmm. nothing has ever impacted me to that degree. Like mm-hmm. I, I, uh, as a filmmaker, like I have tons of influences. Like sure. you know, there are a lot of movies that I really like, and I um, maybe inspire you. Ins- right, and I'm in inspired by, mm-hmm. but. Um, I've never seen a piece, not not since, uh, excuse me, not since um, playing The Last of Us. Right. Um, have I been almost? Have I been speechless and moved by a piece of media? Sure. Because uh, a similar th- thing at the end of both of these movies, um, when when I finished The Last of Us, I just sat on my on the couch and yeah. just had to take it in and I've never and nothing has ever ended that way for me sure um and then it was the same way in like both of these movies I think particularly uh, Oppenheimer mm-hmm. because Barbie has a it sounds like the fucking like Five Nights at Freddy's 3 like yes. uh, <laughs> um I know uh, exactly what you're talking about yeah. I just don't know what uh, they like whenever you change the the settings or whatever. Yeah. Um. Anyway. Um. I would say probably more so during Oppenheimer because Barbie has a little bit more of a happier ending mm-hmm. in that the last scene is a happier. There's is, is a more positive outlook. That's what I was gonna say. It's it's a much more positive outlook on the world in the future. Mm-hmm. Um. As a as a woman seeing Barbie, it really um really shook me um trying i had am already i was already very uncertain about um my place and my purpose in the world um and to see that especially the um the the ending scene um really hurt in a good way um it made me even more unsure, but more um, encouraged and inspired to um, to continue. Yeah, I hope that makes any sense. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Um, we should probably uh, we could probably start with Barbie. Okay. Sure. Yeah, let's go ahead. Or do we want to start with Oppenheimer because we saw that we did um, the way we saw it, we saw Oppenheimer first. And I think our mindset was let's go into the most depressing movie first and then we'll end on a, on a lighter note and more positive note. Yeah. Um, that's not how it worked out at all. It's not really how, I mean, for the majority of Barbie, it's lighthearted. Sure. I, uh, I suppose we can talk about, um, Barbie first. Sure. And then we'll, we'll go into Barbenheimer. Um, attention all listeners this is your one and only spoiler warning yeah um let's let's uh do i guess a uh i mean we've been kind of talking about it uh not too much in the spoilers but i guess um, as a spoiler free um review a short little review um 
they're both amazing. Um, yes. I, f- I think that Oppenheimer is Nolan's best movie by far. Um, it's certainly his best looking movie, I would say. Sure. I think even somehow surpassing Interstellar. Sure. I uh, unfortunately cannot say anything about Nolan's films. Uh, this would be the very first of his that I've watched. I know we're going to get a backlash of, of comments or emails about this, but I... <laughs> all, all of our two listeners. <laughs> all of our two listeners. Um, up until about a year ago, I was not as interested in movies as I am now. So... Yeah, coincidentally, uh, a year ago is when we started dating. So Honestly, that is what <laughs> got me into movies to begin with, was hearing you passionately talk about your your aspirations of, of a film career made me a lot more interested in, in the movies I was watching. Nice. So that is why I think because um, up until recently I haven't really, you know, studies is not the the right word but really been attentive in what i was watching sure and so i think that's why these movies struck me so much and affected me the the way that they did yeah i mean spoiler free uh go watch them they're incredible Mm -hmm. in in their own right just be just be warned to have several existential crisis crises yeah uh, while watching both of these but Please go support them. They are not um, struck work from what I read. So you can go out and support them um, mm-hmm. because they were made before the writer's strike. So they're, um, as far as I knew, can go see them. Yeah, p- please go out and support um, these filmmakers. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of amazing stuff came out of these yeah. these movies. And I'm really excited to see what will come out of this um, in the future. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's basically all I have to say. Um, so, yeah, um, hopefully those listening now um, are ready for some spoilers on both of these movies. We're going to start out uh, with Barbie, mm-hmm. uh, directed by Greta Gerwig. Directed very beautifully by Greta oh, Gerwig. It's this such an amazing set design. This Oh, yes, the Beautiful. set decorations. Absolutely fantastic. Like, as someone who grew up playing with Barbies, <laughs> playing with my sister's Barbies because uh-huh. she didn't play with them. Sure. Um, had a dream house, had the RV, um, just like constant, like was a re- is in the Barbie culture, I'll say. <laughs> uh, <laughs> sure. Um, I really, really appreciated every attention to detail in this movie. There's the so, so much detail. It's just amazing. Down mm-hmm. to like how the mirror looks where it looks like it's a just a reflective sticker. Mm-hmm. Um, just everything about this is the set de- decoration and especially the costumes. I know a lot of people talked about this, but I'm still going to throw in my two cents. I was obsessed. This is the podcast to do so. I was obsessed with the roller skates. Yes. They. Ma- I don't know how she managed this. She managed to make them look like cheap, translucent pieces of plastic, mm-hmm. like hollow pieces of plastic. And I don't know how she did it. Yeah. Maybe she just molded an adult size of roller skates. Or something like that, yeah. But I'm obsessed with with how much when you look up Barbie on Google, it is pink and it's um like uh has sparkles in the background. Aww. That's really fun. That's awesome. Even Google is supporting Barbie. Yeah. Um love Google. <laughs> just kidding. We support Google here. We support <laughs> 
Um, but yeah, so much attention to detail, a, r- a mind-blowing attention to detail. Mm-hmm. And I only learned this just recently, and I think this is a cute little detail that I don't know if everybody knows yet, but the four girls, when Barbie goes to the high school to talk to so, Sasha... Um, we. So the the premise of this movie is that um, everyone lives in a Barbie world as a Barbie girl or uh, a Ken um, or an Alan uh, and or they Midge and <laughs> or Midge <laughs> um, and they all are uh, played with in the real world. So it's kind of like a uh, it has very much of a Toy Story three vibe. Sure. Um, as as far as like its emotion, uh, part of its emotional core goes. Mm-hmm. Um, but they are being played with uh, people on in the real world, and in the real world is uh, America Ferrera and her uh, child Sasha. Mm-hmm. Um, we learned we come to find out that uh, America's character is the one that played with the Barbies, um, and is why Barbie is having a <laughs> uh, stereotypical Barbie is. Uh. Margot Robbie's Margot Barbie. Robbie's bar- Barbie is um, having a existential like crisis. It's because um, Sasha's mom is, she's a secretary for like the head of Barbie, and she's been existential and been drawing new Barbies with new characteristics like cellulite Barbie or can't stop thinking about death Barbie, right. um, <laughs> which is co- why Margot's character is. Um, yeah. Having uh, so many issues. Sorry. Um, costume designer of this movie, uh, Jacqueline Duran, who um, worked on Beauty and the Beast, a remake, and Little Women, and has uh, two Oscars. Amazing work. Um, absolutely just fan. She won for Little Women and... Um, As she should have. And uh, Anna Karina, mm-hmm. which I think... I uh, Don't quote me on this, but I'm going to look it up. Um, yeah, no, never mind. We will be but, quoting uh, you. Yeah, she absolutely fantastic mm-hmm. uh, costume and production design on this movie. Um, what was what was your train of thought? And you started something, and then we had to explain what the movie was about. Oh, oh sure. Oh, oh, okay. So Barbie um, has to go to the real world to um, to kind of re inspire um, the little girl that's supposedly playing with her. She's got to, you know, go to the real world to fix the, the, the tear, wait, wait. the tear in the, <laughs> the, in the, rip, the, the rip in the space time continuum, yeah. um, which is explained by uh, <laughs> Kate McKinnon as weird Barbie. I love Kate McKinnon. She, <laughs> and she did such <laughs> a good job in this movie. At one point in this movie, she hisses at Margot Robbie. It's so goddamn funny. I, I love Kate. She's amazing. Um, but yeah, um. And then she goes to and finds Sasha, who is a who is you know a, a, a really angsty teen. Sure. And then we later on find out that it was her mom that threw out the Barbies sure. and is having this these crises. But the detail that I want to throw in that I only just a few days ago realized um, somebody had watched somebody on TikTok had watched the movie like three times and had had realized this by looking at like the the credits and everything that the four girls that Barbie talks to when trying to get Sasha at the um, at the high school, what their names are. Um, Chloe, Sasha, Jade, and... Frick, I already Jasmine? Jasmine, I think, if, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. But if that sounds familiar to you in that, in that group setting, it's because those are the names of the four original Bratz dolls, which symbolizes 
Barbie's first enemies, basically. Right. Yeah. Um, Barbie's first competition was the Bratz doll. So I I loved that little nod. And it, it took a while to find out. Yeah. Um, and well, you wouldn't know because they don't really say their names in in the dialogue at that scene, but I think it's listed in the credit. Their names are listed in the credits. Mm-hmm. And it's such a, an amazing detail. Yeah. And it's it's in a mo- in a, such an overblown movie mm-hmm. um as as far as like not being subtle the subtle yeah. details like that are just amazing there are so many of them and i can't wait for more people to to come out with more of these right. details that we may have missed yeah um this movie feels very much like a uh the premise of this movie um, Will Ferrell is the CEO of Mattel, <laughs> um, which is so funny. I and love there's a that. bit later in this movie that I'll talk about. Um, but there he is. Uh, Mattel created the Barbies, and Mattel knows about the Barbie world. Because in the Barbie world, we have, like, you know, we have Margot Robbie's Barbie, and women run everything in Barbie world. They're mm-hmm. the Supreme Court, the president. Um, and all of the Ken's responsibility uh, is to just be a, a Ken and do what they're supposed to. Sure. Um, based on based on their ba- based on their like toys. Identities. Yeah, their identity. That's right. a good word. Which for I mean, it. that's what the Barbies do, but they run sure. the world. Yeah. Um, and in the real world, it's supposed to be like reversed, where Will Ferrell is the president, quote unquote, mm-hmm. and. Um, Everyone else is the the random other Barbies. Yeah, the the Will <laughs> Ferrell's character knows about. Yeah, they know they he knows about the Barbie world and mm-hmm. like they have to keep it hidden. And the like the drive of this movie is that uh, Margot Robbie's Barbie and Ryan Gosling's Ken go to the real world, to mm-hmm. f- and Barbie specifically is looking for the girl that's causing her all this trouble. Ken just went Ken with her because he was in the car and he was like, he was like, I just need to go with you, Ryan. <laughs> fucking gosling in this movie is uh, there has been i don't know how true these rumors are but there have been rumors that he is nominated for a best actor um and he fucking better get it he, he did an amazing job he's abs he is so fucking funny in this movie um his comedic timing is absolutely genius his character is just and like he has an arc, which you wouldn't really think that he does, because mm-hmm. um, I, I had had a different um, expectation going into this movie of how it was going to go down. Sure. Um, but for that character to actually have an arc, mm-hmm. a, a, a small one, but uh, an arc nonetheless, to have to have one at the end of this movie is just incredible. Yeah. Um, but they go to the real world, and Ken realizes that men run the world. Uh, in, in the real in the world. Real world. And <laughs> to which he learns the word patriarchy <laughs> and thinks that uh, it's all run by horses, men and with horses, <laughs> men with horses. And there's a really funny bit towards the end of the movie where mm-hmm. so he goes back to Barbie world and um, basically converts it to Ken world and and brainwashes the Barbies to be like subservient women. Sure. Um, how he thinks they are in the wor- real world. Mm-hmm. And. Of course, Barbie, after finding America Ferrera and Sasha in the real world, comes back to Barbie world to show to like sh- she's like showing them. He's like, she's like, hey, this is where I live. Um, 
and they get back and Ken has like completely changed everything and Barbie has more of a crisis. And there's a bit at the end of the movie where everything's resolved, everything goes back to the way it was. Mm-hmm. And um, Ken goes, you know, after I learned that patriarchy wasn't run by horses, I kind of lost interest. <laughs> it's, it, it's really funny. Um, it's a good bit. But, yeah, this movie is, is just... It, it has a target audience, but there's a lot... There's a lot more to it mm-hmm. than you would you would think about a movie a, a Barbie mo- a live action Barbie movie. Sure. It was a lot more <laughs> thoughtful than I expected it to be. Yeah. Um a lot more thoughtful to that target audience and yeah. I r- I really appreciated that. Mm. Huh. Um this it's just really fun. It feels like a much better version of the the movie Free Guy starring Ryan Reynolds. Sure. Where it's kind of a similar premise where um like in this movie, uh, the Barbie world, everything is perfect. Everything, mm-hmm. everyone's very naive and goes along like with whatever that world has set up for them to do. Yeah. And then one of them uh, starts to realize that something's not always perfect and has to go on this journey. It's right. also a very similar plot to the Lego movie. Okay. Um, but Free I've Guy. I've not seen either of those, so I can't comment. I saw Free Guy on a plane. On a plane? Uh, <laughs> I why? Because uh, <laughs> I was I was on a plane and that was one of the movies. And I was like, I haven't seen this before, so I watched it. It was fine. That of all movies to watch on a plane. Yeah, it was fine. But obviously, Barbie is much better than uh, obviously both of those movies. Sure. Um, and it's uh, there's so many like right wing politicians, i.e. Ben Shapiro specifically. Specifically, Ben Shapiro. Um, they're like, um, this um hypothetically, um, <laughs> a movie about Barbie. Um, is uh, geared towards women and this um, false idea of um, of uh, uh, feminism. And hypothetically... Um, it's so frustrating I, <laughs> to Hypothetically, watch. if I was a Barbie girl living in a Barbie world, hypothetically... Um, it's so freaking frustrating yeah. to Like, this movie is... There's so many... I've seen so many men uh, talk about this movie, which, again... There is a, a message in this movie geared towards men mm-hmm. to uh, be confident in their sensibil- sensitivity sure. and in to their emotions. accept who they are. And this movie, this entire movie, the, the message is about identity yeah. and being in who you are and in this world, in a, in a Barbie world. In a Barbie world. Um, and it's... It's soul crushing, uh, mm-hmm. especially at the end. Yes. Um, and what I appreciate is that Ken isn't this completely one note character. Which oh, is very much not. Which is what you could have le- you could have totally done. Mm-hmm. You could have just made because every Ken's the same, you know, right? Usually, um, they could have made him such a one note character and not given him that arc. Sure. But I f- I feel like. The movie being the movie that it is, mm-hmm. his arc, while not being the center focus or and most important message of the movie, um, gives men or boys something to um, resonate with. Sure. In a movie that is go- is geared towards women, mm-hmm. for, um, those who grew up with Barbie, and not I'm not saying that all 
that only women like Barbie. But it is a very it is a very feminist movie. Sure. Being Greta Gerwig, she has very strong you know feminist themes in all of her movies, mm-hmm. with, and it's just fantastic. Yeah. I don't know what else to say about this movie that hasn't already been said. It was great. (laughs) It's Um, it's amazing. As a woman watching this, it was very empowering to see a movie that while, while is in a way geared, geared towards, geared towards women, but also had a message for everybody. Mm -hmm. And it was, it was a very positive message as a whole. And I, that, that really struck home with me. I've never, seen a movie that um that did something like that before and i guess i don't know it it made me really emotional to see something that positive and that Mm. thoughtful Mm -hmm. i think that's one way i would describe this movie is is thoughtful yeah um as someone who's not a woman or a man (laughs) really (laughs) (laughs) who's not a woman or a man um, for those that don't know, for, yeah, for those who don't know, um, looking at this, it, I don't want to say objective point of view, but like as someone who, yeah, doesn't identify as a man, but or identifies as a woman, but still has a connection to femininity, mm-hmm. um, it, I like somehow resonate with both method messages, mm-hmm. um, that the message of it's for a man it's okay to not know who you are Mm -hmm. it's okay to be uh, it's okay to change and develop a more understanding of of your identity Mm -hmm. Um, and it's okay to not know oh yeah which which is to both messages of to both barbie and ken but, but um, especially at the end with uh, Margot Robbie and Rhea Perlman, mm-hmm. who plays uh, the creator of Barbie, yeah, um, Ruth Handler. Um, it's the montage that plays. Oh God! Don't don't get me started because I I will cry about that yeah. montage. It's. I didn't know this. Sorry about that montage. I didn't know this, but I saw an interview that somebody did with with um, with Greta, and um, those were sent in to from her the cast and crew, from the yeah. cast and crew to to be used. Yeah, and to know that those are real people. Those are real people that have a real connection with this movie, and it's such a beautiful, beautiful, heartwarming message and montage. And it, I'm getting emotional just think, thinking yeah. about it. It's 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 beautiful it's simply people it's just people it is being people mm-hmm. and it's something that i thought i think we don't um we i don't want to say think i mean there's another word for it but we don't in our minds we don't kind of sit back and just realize we're all people mm-hmm it's uh, something living our lives and none of us knows what's going on none of us knows who we are sure um we don't we know do our, we do our best to try to find labels or mm-hmm. those who don't you know try to use labels those um who are still figuring out their identity um, yeah 
we don't yeah, we d- we just don't register that uh, that w- again. Yeah, we're all just It's something we don't think about. Yeah. It's a group group of people that have made their life um being in the shadows and the the backstage sure. crew, I yeah. guess. And it was it made me want to call my mother. Yeah. <laughs> I'll say that it it made me really appreciate seeing just other people in my life. A celebration of life. Yes. Like a celebration of of women specifically mm-hmm. just being women being people regular you know. regular everyday women and it's 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 tied in with this beautiful moment of like of Ruth Ruth Handler mm-hmm. you know the creator um and Margot at the end and her telling the creator telling their creation that it's okay to not be what i told you to be yeah it's okay it's to okay. not be an I- an idea anymore. Right. It's okay to be. It's which t- s- at the end of this movie, um, Margot Robbie's Barbie um, bridges into the real world permanently and gets mm-hmm. a job. Well, <laughs> which I thought she was getting a job, and then the ending bit is her being like, "I'd like to see my gynecologist." <laughs> it was really funny. Um, very. And as good. a woman, I really <laughs> appreciated that ode yeah. to a. A, s- a holy woman experience yeah. an awful in like it's in our mind it's an awful um embarrassing experience to have to yeah. go get that done but it, it was a wonderful bit and i appreciated like a, like a positive spin on it and we sim- and w- it was certainly i think needed after that soul crushing um scene before some uh, set to the Billie Eilish song, which I cannot listen to. I tried to listen to it. Oh. I cannot. It's, it's, especially hearing the song and then thinking about the uh-huh. montage that it's set to. Mm-hmm. It, I can't listen to the song. It's that's not. That's not saying it like it's a bad song. It's an, a, a beautiful song. But that's the problem. That's <laughs> the it problem. It's is such that it's a <laughs> good song. It's amazing, and the context is just yeah. absolutely fantastic. But um, this this movie truly has a has just a a beautiful message and mm-hmm. a, a, a core that um, Greta is just so good at doing. I mean, she's so good at just bringing that emotion, especially mm-hmm. out of her actors. Sure. It's just, oh, it's, it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, on like a more lighter note, uh, the, what I really, really like, this movie's also, surprisingly a musical yes <laughs> yes I, I was not expecting <laughs> people to start singing in this movie um i say people um ryan specifically gosling, ryan gosling um has a whole ballad uh, oh. where <laughs> it's and the entire movie it feels like a musical mm-hmm. it the what the um the way it's shown it and the way it portrays its actors in these worlds Mm -hmm. it genuinely feels like a musical because you have your leads Mm. and as someone who's been in musicals right you have your you have your leads and the idea of the ensemble is to bring everything else to life and support the leads sure the the way this movie is presented it's you can tell that 
these uh, this ensemble is support is to be there to support the actors mm -hmm. do to support the leads in their um journeys their arcs yeah which and every almost all the ensemble has their own individual moments that's absolutely fantastic michael Sarah oh, yeah. as alan oh my god i like i can't talk enough about michael Sarah <laughs> as alan we we kind of went through a really enormous michael Sarah assance uh especially in the 2000s 2010s sure um and he kind of went away for a while uh -huh. with that kind of michael Sarah era yeah that michael, michael era michael Sarah um, era. and then like it's such a refreshing uh bit in this movie he's not in it very much no, but uh, I I oh, I appreciate every little bit that he's in it. He like randomly pop up in the background, and he has a really funny scene with uh the Ken workers towards the end. Yeah, he he's such an interesting character too because while Ken is battling this identity crisis of being <laughs> of being labeled as Barbie's boyfriend, Barbie and Ken, right? Alan himself, maybe it's Barbie and it's Ken. <laughs> Uh, Alan is facing this whole other crushing. crisis, this whole other crisis of being simply Ken's buddy. <laughs> Ken. uh, that's yeah. that's all he is, and yeah. that's all he's marketed as. He's and Ken there's <laughs> there's only one of him. Michael Sarah, like in interviews, being like he's Ken's buddy, all his clothes fits him, and that's it. And that's it. <laughs> and um, it, it's so it's so interesting. Yeah, it's just absolutely fantastic. John mm -hmm. Cena. As a, this mermaid oh Barbie God. that shows up later. Uh, Dua Lipa plays uh, the mermaid Barbie that's shown at the beginning of the movie. And uh -huh. then whenever... Uh, Ken takes Ken, over. Ken takes over for Kendom uh, in his Mojo Dojo uh, Casa House. <laughs> uh, <laughs> John Cena shows up as this mermaid Barbie and it, with he Dua Lipa. Only not John on Cena could, could portray that and, uh, and it be so perfect. Not on my 2023 bingo card did I have seeing Dua Lipa and John Cena in the same scene dressed as mermaid Barbies. It's amazing. It's absolutely fantastic. There's just oh, so... The comedy in this movie, for me, always lands. It's so meta and aware of itself. And a movie where that could go so wrong. Mm -hmm. it's, it's aware of... I was talking to my mom about this, um, just uh, as we had a phone call, actually. Um, she wants to go see it, but she's worried about it being cheesy or she, she used the word kitty. Yeah. Um, it's rated PG-13, so it's right. not for kids. It's not specifically for kids, but it's it's it, – it's, I, he I hesitate to say cheesy, but cheesy in the best ways. It uses its childish – medium mm -hmm. to tell uh, an extremely heartfelt and important in story. and in that way it is so aware of itself and aware of its audience and the message that it is trying to portray that it it stands above all else yeah. this is where i like to bring up the incredible show called transformers prime god jesus um, christ <laughs> not again um, please don't take is, me back which is, which is first of all this is i think the <laughs> first time i've ever talked about the show with you uh, <laughs> I just love I just uh, love being like sounding annoyed when you bring yeah. up Transformers. Um but Transformers Prime is a is a children's show, mm -hmm. but it has so many just incredible messages in it and being a show about cars that turn into robots. I would like to take this moment to bring up Bluey. <laughs> <laughs> Brought to you by <laughs> 
but um, <laughs> in, the sa- in the same vein of being a, <laughs> a entirely children's show, but something Dad. that mainly adults watch and resonate with. Bingo. Stop. It's something that has that. Bluey. S- uh, I'm done. I'm done. No, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Something that is inherently made for children that adults have latched onto mm. as because of the messages it contains and resonating with those messages because it's something either most of the time, at least with Bluey, it's something they never got. They they didn't get that mm-hmm. growing up. Well so and it's the nostalgia for this movie. Too, absolutely. That specifically for drew people to it. Yeah. The nostalgia I didn't play with Barbies growing up. I had some stuffed animals. I didn't have dolls. Um, but still, Barbie was was a huge part of my childhood regardless. I, I'm i still in love with the other Barbie movies, like Barbie Mermaidia. And Swan Lake, Swan baby. Swan Lake, the 12 Dancing Princesses. Princess and the Pop Star. Oh, such great movies. But it, it was a huge piece of nostalgia for, for an entire, for, mo- for many generations. Um, it's it's a very timeless. I think it's timeless in that way. Yeah, yeah. It. I really think people are going to be talking about this movie for a long time, and Absolutely. it certainly will have its run at the Oscars. Absolutely, and by no means, um, are we experts or no? Please go listen to other people talk about this. It's such mm-hmm. an interesting movie to have a conversation about, mm-hmm. and so will Oppenheimer when we get to it. Yeah, but. That's something that I loved about about this double feature was it created such a conversation mm-hmm. around both of them yeah. that I think we really, as a society, we really needed this conversation. Um, and going back, to g- wrapping us all the way around in a circle, um, well, is huge for cinema. Yeah, to create this strong of a conversation is just huge for the th- for the film industry. I think. Yeah. And especially, um, this movie opened with $155 million um, opening was, day. It had the biggest, I'm pretty sure, the biggest opening just under Avengers Endgame. Yeah. And I, it's yeah, somewhere. And it's like. second above Into the Spider-Verse, or what is the second one? Across the Spider-Verse. It might be it's not, yeah, it's over Across the Spider-Verse. Right. It is the, the biggest opening for a, uh, a woman director. Yes. Um, and it's just go support this movie. Please. Um, S- support. Even during, even uh, as the strike is happening, mm-hmm. um, this, again, as far as I could read, is not struck work. So please go support it. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah. Everybody that worked on this film deserves. Absolutely. Deserves support. Um, a lot of sex education cast members. Yes. That. Okay. I. I only watched, I've watched season one and part of season two of Sex Education. I got to get back to it. I know there's other other seasons. There's a whole Actually, I think that's exactly what I've seen. There's a whole third season and I need to go back and rewatch it. So I'm on it. Don't at me about this. But It's incredible. Go watch Sex Education. It is. But a lot of, um, of actors from that, from that uh, series in this mm-hmm. that... I don't know. I really appreciated seeing them in something other than a yeah. Netflix series like that. I also love that Emma Mackey is in the same movie as Margot Robbie because they look uh, so similar. <laughs> and I think that was part of the joke. 
right. is Emma Mackey is almost identical to Margot Robbie and is often mistaken yeah. for Margot Robbie. So to cast her as another Barbie was just an, That's pretty good. an awesome move by, by yeah. Greta. But yeah, just everyone in this movie is... Everyone in this movie is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, Simu Leo is also really good as different, you know, setting aside what he is in real life. Great, great in this movie. Mm-hmm. He's not like terrible, but like sure. he's just people have their issues with him. Sure. <laughs> um, but he was very funny in this movie. Um, just overall, just this cast is amazing. Mm-hmm. And just the production design and the story and how it's written. There's a really good um, Zack Snyder's Justice League bit in this movie. It was really funny. Um, I don't know. I guess I must have missed that. Someone says something about like being as dark and meta or dark and depressing as Zack Snyder's uh, Justice oh, League sure. or something like that. Sure. Whatever. The Snyder cut, or you know, <laughs> what, what, whatever the bit was, I can't remember off the top of my head. Sure, but uh, it was just really good. Yeah. Um, uh, really positive, really uh, solid and emotional messages uh, for everyone all around. I recommend that everybody, regardless of gender or identity, or background or experience, regardless of of who you are, go see this. Yeah. This is an amazing movie for all audiences mm-hmm. that deserves appreciation. Yeah. I have it in my top uh on Letterbox whatever the top I think it's like 4 mm-hmm. or it might be 5 or whatever. Sure. I think it's 4. Um it's in my in my top movies on Letterbox. This is I give it a 5 out of 5. This it's is a movie really that is going to uh, make waves for years to come. Mm-hmm. And I'm really excited to see what comes out of it. Yeah. Although they are, I think, I don't know, I don't know if this is completely accurate, but uh, they're saying that there's going to be a whole, like, series of movies based on Mattel toys. Hmm. That's not what I mean about <laughs> uh, seeing what comes out of this. Mm-hmm. And there's already, like, pla- like people talking about a sequel. Oh. but. This doesn't need a sequel. That's n- no. This and that's doesn't. That's not what we mean by excited to see what comes out of this. No. It's just really the impact that it has on modern storytelling. Sure. That's what I'm excited to see. The Just the impact that it has and the way it inspires um, groups of people. I'm right. excited to see that. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, um, Barbie was really fantastic. Ten out um, of ten. Ten, ten out, out of ten. ten. Five out of five. Um Everything out of everything. Yeah. <laughs> everything, yeah. everywhere, everything, all. <laughs> everything, everywhere, all at once. Um, all little jazzies down here. All jazzies. She's laying by my chair. Hi, Um But, yeah, absolutely incredible movie. Mm-hmm. Although the one we saw before it. Oh, boy. Um, Christopher Nolan's Oppenheimer. Um, How do we start this? <sighs> Boom. Come on. Um, this movie is, again, I, I said it at the beginning, I genuinely think this is Nolan's best. Mm-hmm. Um, and spark whatever conversation out about that as incels would. Oh, God. Being like, actually, it was Memento. Or, you know, it, it's, you know, everyone's entitled to their uh, opinions, of course, and especially. Um, Even if they're incorrect. <laughs> 
Isn't that what you um, always say to me? Yes. Um, Thanks. Yeah, I like I love invalidating women. Come um, on. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, hey, we're talking about Oppenheimer. You know, we have to. True. Um, but uh, you know, I I think it's Nolan's best. Uh, people may have disagreements with that, but uh, you know, and if you do, that's perfectly fine. You By all means, opinions. you're allowed um, to that opinion. But I do think uh, this is his best work. Mm-hmm. Uh, with the performances that he has out of his actors, sp- in particular Robert Downey Jr. Oh my God, he's back. Mm-hmm. He re- after fucking ninety years of Iron Man. Yeah, like he's this is to see this man as fulfilling a. I I don't know if if you would consider him the villain of this movie, but to see him fill. No, no he's. He's one of them, sure. Sure, but to the, the villain of the movie is the titular character. Yes. How do how do I say this? To see Downey f- fill this sort of role and give a, the performance that he did was stunning. Yeah, it, it's incredible. I think for me, that's at least his his best performance out of any movie of his. He's I've seen. very good in Chaplin. I haven't seen that one, so he plays Charlie Chaplin. Okay, um, I think I've seen like he's photos really, of him. He's really that. good in Tropic Thunder, of course. I mean, he, he's very funny, but sure. um, as far as dr- his dramatic roles, he's good in Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, um, but he's kind of had some stinkers. Um, he <laughs> did the uh, the Doolittle movie that came out uh, mm. a couple years mm-hmm. ago, um, where he puts his whole hand up a dragon's ass. Yeah, I remember um, that one. Did you genuinely? Did you really watch that movie? I didn't, but I saw that clip. Oh yeah, I no, watched that uh, clip. I did not see the movie or the clip. I just heard um, some rumors, but he re- he genuinely is fantastic in this movie, and I wouldn't yes. be surprised by a, a a best supporting actor nom. Yes, just um, an amazing performance by Downey. This uh, and also Emily Blunt in this movie. Oh my god, she has her scene towards the end where she really shines, and it's mm. just absolutely fantastic. She was amazing, and there was such a unique dynamic between her character and Murphy's character. Yeah. There was the what little interaction they had. Sure, but I don't know. It really comes through at the end. Yeah, there was really something about it that was was unique and and interesting to watch. That their I interactions. That, I mean, that scene in particular. Um, so the whole movie is framed um, in. It's broken up into different uh time periods which mm-hmm. most nolan movies are um it's we keep flashing back to a not a hearing but an interrogation um kind of of, of uh robert oppenheimer mm-hmm. by uh jason clark's character and like a judge and uh s- someone who's supposed to be his sure um his lawyer attorney yeah um Attorney is a better but word. We uh, we keep coming back to that throughout the movie, um, and for the first, Emily Blunt is in the background mm-hmm. in these, especially towards the beginning, and then um, as the re- as we see the relationship develop, she really it builds up to that moment, mm-hmm. and we have for very little screen time that she has in this movie, we we understand where she's coming from and like why she needs to do this because she's being interrogated and she defends Robert 
Fer- um, fervently defends. Yes. Yeah. Because um, it's set up that she's not necessarily doing it for him, but she's doing mm-hmm. it to protect her name. Sure. Her family. Yeah. Um, against uh, the um, prosecution mm-hmm. and the um, against Oppenheimer and conspiracy with the communists. Yeah. Um, just absolutely fantastic. This movie is just star studded. Oh yes, it's like the most the most random char- the most random actors will mm-hmm. show up in this movie, and I you're like, is that is uh, is wait a minute? It was it felt like um, a Marvel movie, but instead of cameos, it was <laughs> just actors. I specifically have to mention. I don't know his name. You'll have to look it up for me. The actor. From the Diary We Won't Begin movies, Roderick. Oh. Um, what is his name? Ro- Roderick Oppenheimer. <laughs> um, Devin Bosnick. Yes. Bosnick. Um, if you look at his... like, you can't really tell his, it's him at, at first. No, no, no. But if you look at his movie list, it's like <laughs> Diary We Won't Begin 1, <laughs> 2, <laughs> 3, Oppenheimer. <laughs> it's so fucking funny. It's um, really funny. It's such like, a random casting yeah but it it works and like uh he's only in there for a few minutes right and jack quaid's in this movie for like two minutes Mm -hmm. um josh peck is here for some reason josh peck is in this movie um not drake bell thank god um uh it's just josh hartnett which i did not recognize him until someone had to put a side by side he plays um the the person that uh we're introduced to at the very beginning who ends up not the not the one that uh is ends up being a traitor he's the um he's a professor at the co- at the uh college that Oppenheimer goes to teach to and he's like throughout the movie okay. he's the guy with the blonde hair and glasses okay. that kind of um yeah is a really tall guy sure you know what i'm talking about i think so um i think i do but like i've not seen Josh Hartnett in a fat minute yeah. Um and it was really cool to to see to see him in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um It was just that guy. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 I I completely did not recognize him. Yeah. But uh there's yeah, just a fucking ton of actors in this movie. Florence Pugh uh, has like three scenes. Um, amazing performance. Abs- Sorry, that absolutely was absolutely fantastic. That was that was loud. There. Um, amazing performance. Yeah, for sure. Um, and this, the scale of this movie is just, mm-hmm. you know, fantastic. I see. You. I see. Um, we saw it in IMAX. Uh, we didn't see it in seventy millimeter because there weren't any theaters near us. I think that the were closest one was like California. It was like, or yeah, somewhere in California. But yeah. uh, we did see it at least in IMAX. Um, we didn't got most on the experience. Yeah, we didn't get the full Christopher Nolan experience. But uh, anyways, got a majority of it. But it l- it, it it looks incredible. Yes. The just the. The, especially the black and white sequences. Yes. Um, are just it's really it's cut, really well done. It's cut between a subjective view uh, uh, from Oppenheimer's view and an objective view, which is the black and white scenes, mm-hmm. which are mostly all about Robert Downey Jr. Sure. Um, 
and the build up to the to the to the um the trial at the end of this movie mm-hmm. um and it's just I didn't really think we needed a movie about Oppenheimer. Um, yeah. Because it's, it's just a really dark period of time. Yeah. Um, and A really dark moment in history. Yeah. And moments mm-hmm. as the the final shot of this movie will. It. Never have I seen a movie that instills so much dread. In oh, you, yeah. In the. And have you so uncertain about the future of the planet yeah than this movie um for those who don't know who j robert oppenheimer is he uh, created the atom bomb mm-hmm. um that the u.s dropped on japan um and there's i've seen criticism about this movie that uh where this movie glorifies the bomb and uh, not enough is said about the innocent people that, you know, died in Nagasaki and Hiroshima um, during World War II. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can kind of see it, but the movie isn't about the bomb itself. No. Um, and I've seen people that, uh, that criticize the movie, they're like, uh, well, when the bomb actually happens, you know, the Americans are all happy and everything, everyone's, you know, happy and joyous mm-hmm. about this. And uh, and at least in my mind, I'm like, at the time, yes, because America's fucked up. Yes. No one is saying anyone is the good guys in this movie. Christopher Nolan's British. He doesn't like Americans. Right. Um. Because the, the Americans are, are, are happy once this bomb is actually created because they have the advantage over uh, all of the other countries right. in the biggest war at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they are I- excited that they finally have nuclear weapons and have something to fight they uh, have Germany and Russia. Because right. the, whole, the whole thing is that like they're uh, in a race against... Germany and Russia for building a bomb. Mm-hmm. An arms um, race. An arms race, yeah. The, the arms race of the, the, the 40s. Right. Um, the 30s and 40s, I guess. Um, and it's... The movie's not about the historic... I mean, it, it is about you know, the, the history of you know, World War II, but it's specifically the man who made that bomb and what his impact on the world was as a result of it. Right. Um, and I feel like the, the majority of the criticism of this movie should be geared towards J. Robert Oppenheimer, the person. Yes. Um, because uh, in the movie, which I'm sure this is how it was, I think it, I assume this is what it was in real life because mm-hmm. uh, Christopher Nolan based this off uh, American Prometheus, the movie, the, book about Robert Oppenheimer. Right. Um, And he... What was I saying? Uh, Oh, uh, Oppenheimer is guilty about making a bomb. And he uh, is enraged by the fact that the American government wants to use this bomb that Mm -hmm. he created. Um, You made the bomb. 
Right. He made a nuclear weapon. So this is on you. <laughs> it's on you. This is on you for 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 knowing for starting it. Um, which I I guess the movie paints it as he doesn't truly um recognize the impact of his actions until mm-hmm. he has that conversation with Albert Einstein. Right. Um so at the beginning of this movie we're introduced to <laughs> Robert Einstein who gets his hat blown off. It's so fucking it's <laughs> fucking hilarious. Um <laughs> and like I've seen memes of people uh, especially when the trailer came out um where they like showed Robert or not Robert uh, Albert Einstein <laughs> and people were like oh like a like it's a fucking MCU cameo or something. Mm-hmm. Um it's really funny, but Albert Einstein being in like two scenes in this movie is pretty good. Yeah. Um the beginning of the movie, uh, Oppenheimer goes to visit Albert. Mm-hmm. Um, we, as I think, is for the last time. Um, and he, Robert, says something to Albert Einstein that we aren't aware of. Yeah. Um, and he passes by Robert Downey Jr.'s character. This is when it was from the, the objective point of view. Mm. He just walks past RDJ's character and Strauss, uh, Louis Strauss. Um, and won't look him in the eye. And doesn't look him in the eye and doesn't talk to him. Won't and say so anything. we kind of spend this movie just, you know, just what could he have said to fucking Albert Einstein right. to make him that in distraught? Right. And from the beginning, I guess most most everybody would have assumed that Oppenheimer did say something about Strauss too. Yeah, and, to that, Einstein. and that's from an objective point of view, as if we're from like Strauss's objective point of view. Right. That's what we, is, you know, that's what he thought mm-hmm. he said. And it's not until the end of the movie where we f- uh, figure out that <laughs> Oppenheimer just basically says the world's fucked. Yeah. Um, uh, obviously more articulate and oh, yes. <laughs> emotionally devastating than that. Yes. But, um, but essentially. The. F- the last frame of this movie is haunting. It's yes. we've seen it in the trailers. It's the it's the the shot of Killian Murphy like looking just past anything mm-hmm. that's um, in front of him. Yeah. But it's what he says right before that. It just should we say it or not? Well, I mean, he uh he goes to Albert Einstein after the war is over, mm-hmm. after they've built this bomb. Um, he, they talk, they talk for a little bit, and Albert starts to walk away, and, um, you know, Robert looks to him and um, something. He says something to the effect of, "Like, do you remember uh, when we talked about?" When I brought you those calculations, when I brought you those calculations that this could have the potential to start a chain reaction and in in the world and in the world and mm-hmm. Albert's like yeah sure and then Oppenheimer just just flat out says I believe we did mm-hmm. and and in credits and yeah we we see Albert all color leaves his body mm-hmm. and he just has to walk away yeah and that's that's what we're left with it's it's truly a devastating it's thought and quote to hear yeah. and i don't i don't think this movie glorifies the bomb 
I don't think it did. Because there's only really one scene of it. I think. Of the visual spectacle of it. It's, what'd you say? It was like 12 minutes? 15, I think. 15. Yeah. The rest of this movie is, it's a it's a political film. It is, yeah. It's inherent, not inherently, that's not the right word. Um, Instinctive, I don't know. Instinctive. I think, I think it's, like I think it's wholly a political movie. Right. Um, it's about what the country, what the world was like mm-hmm. at that time and what desperate measures that all the countries had to go to to mm-hmm. try to f- end the war, quote-unquote. Right. How desperate the world was yeah. to end it yeah. and the effects that that had on, on the world after. Yeah, and yeah, no, the atom bomb shouldn't have been created. America didn't have to drop it on Japan. No. Because to my knowledge, Japan had almost surrendered at this point. Mm-hmm. And they were just like, hey, let's kill hundreds of thousands of innocent people. No and not sense. once. Let's do it twice to make sure let's they do twi- right, 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 yeah. to make sure they get the point. Yeah. I mean, again, that just goes back to America's fucked. Yeah. I don't like hate America. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hate her. She's not serving. Um, I'm not serving. Um But uh but the the scene where they do test the bomb. Mm-hmm. It is some of the best filmmaking that I have seen in a very long time. Yes. It's in my limited experience, I think it is the best film filmmaking that I've ever seen. Incredible. Mm-hmm. Um just everything cuz I think it happens I think it's the halfway point of the movie. That would make sense. Which you would think that it's the end. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not. They basically, they get it over with. And the rest of the movie is uh, Killian Murphy's um, dealing with the repercussions of having such a weapon in anyone's possession. Sure. Um, but the scene where they test it is in Los Al- Alamos is just gripping. It's mm-hmm. a, a beautiful it left me speechless. Definitely. Um, I'll say this specifically. Because I'm not as much of a, I'm not as uh, technical as you are. Oh, I don't know about that. But <laughs> I'm, I don't have as much experience as you do. I don't, again, don't know about that either. But I will say this, for that scene, um, and for the, the setup of it, the something that stuck out to me specifically um, was the sound design for that scene was very, very well thought out and very well done. Yeah. Um, cause the first, the first time we, that, you know, they're, they're testing and, you know, um, set off like a, a small, a small bomb and you notice that there's a delay, like a half second delay in the, in the sound. And you're like, was that on purpose? Did he, was that a mistake? Yeah. And as they're increasing the size and c- further testing, the gap gets larger and larger until because that's just, I mean, that's how the speed of sound right. and light works. Exactly. Yeah. And, um, and for the, the climactic scene of dropping the of atom dropping bomb, dropping the atom bomb from what were they, they were 20 miles away. I think so. Yeah. yeah. Something like that. Um, there was such a huge gap in the, in the sound. Um, and that it's silence. literally shook me. To my core, yeah, and I think that was intentional because because the silence goes on for so long, you begin to forget about it, and all you you, you, 
you're waiting. I was tensed waiting for it. And then as it, it continued, I was like, oh, shit, it's so beautiful. This is it, it's amazing. Just watching what's on screen. And then it hit and shook me down to my ribs. Yeah, it's the silence that follows the mm-hmm. the spectacle of this bomb mm-hmm. going off. And in the silence of this and the 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 smoke and the fire coming up, we get like the iconic mushroom cloud. I, I say I say iconic. Um yeah, the mushroom cloud. We uh we get the the quote that Rob that Oppenheimer's known for saying mm-hmm. the I am become death quote as this bomb has is confirmed to be to work right and we're on edge waiting for the chain reaction and in that for all the atoms in the atmosphere to split on impact and and spread and this movie it it does such a good job at getting you into uh the position that oppenheimer is in Mm -hmm. at least for me when i watched that scene seeing the i mean after all knowing all the historical context mm. and that being, you know, um, 80 years ago. Right. Um, even like this movie sucks you into that time period. Like you think you are, it makes you feel like you're, you're there with them mm-hmm. in in a way that I, you know, at least for me that many movies have done. Yeah. Um, the, the moment we see that cloud and we hear that quote mm-hmm. it th- that affected me in knowing that like oh shit this is this works and th- because you know i wasn't there in the 40s so i don't are you um, sure <laughs> i'm pretty sure um and we we know the historical effects that that had on you know japan and mm-hmm. the world um but feeling like you're in that time seeing that seeing that Less, seeing Thank that you. in real time, sure, it it's it's haunting mm-hmm. because you are because I to my knowledge there's not a whole lot of movies that have explained that kind of time period and sure. what in that era or that specific section of history, um, because like we al- we always hear about nuclear war and nuclear weapons, yeah. but we've never seen it right at least to that. You know, in a big screen in front of us, yeah, showing us how this started, um, and it's it it, it is ha- again haunting and terrifying, and just in that scene, and yeah. you know, Oppenheimer spends the rest of the movie being like, "Oh shucks, mm-hmm. um, damn, I shouldn't have done that. Damn, I probably shouldn't have done that." Fuck. Um, I think haunting is the right word for it is I think the perfect word for that scene because even from where I was sitting, I thought, Oh shit, it works. Yeah. What, yeah, exactly. What now? I it's it's it was a really weird a wave of, of emotions because you're like, oh my God, it's it's beautiful. This the scene yeah. is, is gorgeous. Look at this spectacle. Because it's real, you know, because right. uh fucking Christopher Nolan's like, we're gonna blow something up. It's um, gonna be real so um, and like to see the spectacle and then know in the back of your head this has to be damn, used on something else yeah this this is going to come up later this is going to 
kill so now many Now that people. it works, what the fuck do we do now? Yeah. Also, they made three of them. Exactly. So, so uh, uh, it was you know. it was truly a haunting feeling to when that clicked in my head, I tr- I didn't know what to do with myself. And the choice of silence uh as I mean, it's in real time that's what happened, you know, mm-hmm. you see something 20 miles away, you're not going to hear it for a little bit. Mm-hmm. But having that silence and having that moment of dread and wonder and despair and existentialism accu- accumulate all mm-hmm. at, yeah existentialism accumulate all at once because again i don't think that that moment would have oh hello i don't think that moment would have worked as well as it did had this movie not sucked you into that time period True. it does such a good job mm-hmm. with the you know production design the yeah. costumes it does such a wonderful job of telling you mm-hmm. um, and bringing you into that time period sure and so when that moment finally builds up you're you along with Oppenheimer are distraught at what mm. you're saying and I then everyone is celebrating because you know they spent years building a bomb to it's the for warfare right it's the um, accumulation of, of hard work of years of of effort because this is the also in almost anybody's initial reaction would be excitement and um, and relief and, and this is also a time where the the patriotism was at an all time high. Sure. With and this isn't just like from like right wing Republicans or whatever. This is like the entirety of America because we're right. we're not we haven't gotten to Vietnam yet. Vietnam mm-hmm. is where it starts. It gets right. very divided. But uh, but I think it's because nobody knew what was going to happen at that at that point with the war going on. Nobody. Yeah. Everybody was kind of just holding on hope for the collective. All. Yeah, all of America, all America is thinking is that we have to beat the Germans right. at no matter what, no matter what cost. Yeah, regardless of your belief system, regardless of who you are or where you came from. This war needs to end. Right. We and have to end this as quickly as possible. And America at, at that time was, everyone was on board for whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, people weren't thinking about the consequences of something like this. Mm-mm. Um, all they cared about was that Germany loses and America wins. Yeah, that was the uh, entire thought process. Yeah, and it's not a good one. No, but it. But because you can understand where that thought process came from. Because I think people were uh, much more naive. Sure. And think because this had never happened before. Right. This had never been done. So how in the world would anybody know the consequences mm-hmm. of doing this until it happened? And Unti- right until it's real mm-hmm. and. It's who but a genius would have thought would have forethought of that, right? Which you know th- that's I guess how they portray Oppenheimer, like right? He was, which he made an atom bomb, mm-hmm. so like he's not dumb. He's pretty damn smart. He's pretty smart scientifically, sure. Um, but this is not us supporting Oppenheimer. This is mm-hmm. not us being like, oh yeah, he was a, he was, he was a, a great real guy, stand up guy, real great guy. Yeah, fuck that guy. Um, this, is, this is an episode of fuck that guy. <laughs> um, but uh, it, what the con, what what we know now, seeing basically the the start of the nuclear warfare that just is the start of the end, the yeah the beginning and the end, mm-hmm. and that's why the ending of this movie is so impactful. Knowing mm-hmm. what we know now, I was 
um, I was struck by a quote I had read a long time ago um, that was uh, from from Einstein. He he said something to the effect of, "I I don't know with what weapons World War Three will be fought with, but I know that World War Four will be fought with sticks and stones." Yeah, and that that really struck me. Seeing that ending scene, mm-hmm. I was I was very struck with that. With uh, we are going to be the demise of our own species. Yeah. We uh, will be. And this it won't be from AI. It won't be from mm. a machine uprising. We will be the, the start of our own demise. Yeah. And that's what Yeah. I mean, that's What? Sorry, Jazzy's whining. Jazzy's whining about something. Jazzers. Make us feel better, Jazzy. That Yeah, it's truly yeah, again, I mean, I'm a speechless now. I was speechless when the movie ended. The only um, the only thing I, I can use to describe it is, is haunting. Yeah. It's is, yeah. I can't describe it. Yeah. There's and nothing t- there's nothing to describe that experience yeah. of of when those thoughts hit your mind as you're watching this film. Yeah. That understanding and that knowledge of what's to come. Yeah. There's nothing that, that can describe that. Yeah. And I, I again I genuinely think this is Nolan's masterpiece. Absolutely. It's, it's and for a three hour talky drama to garner this much attention, which I mean it's a Christopher Nolan movie. He mm-hmm. he makes blockbusters. Right. Um, so he's gonna get, you know, butts in the seats no matter what. Sure. But just this this movie is so it's incredibly well made. Mm-hmm. And there are there are a lot of arguments that uh the uh, the women in this movie are very non-existent because mm-hmm. there's there's two basically. Mm-hmm. Um, there are only one, two. Well, and, and one of them dies very early. There's another. She's a, a scientist that is um, in um, Los Alamos, yeah. but she gets like two seconds of screen time, I think. Regardless, they're almost it's non-existent. They're almost non-existent. I mean, Emily Blunt is in the background of. Mm-hmm the few opening scenes. And she's one of the titular characters. Emily Blunt, <laughs> you know, <laughs> who shares the last name uh-huh. of the titular character. Right. Um, which a lot of people have criticism about that. And I can under, I mean, I can understand, but also this, it's 1940. I was going to say, let's, I don't want to be that person, but let's go back to that time. How many women? <laughs> oh, okay. How many I, women I got really confused. I thought you were going to be like, yeah, Let's go back to that time where no, women no, no, were no, in no, the no, background. No, 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 no. <laughs> For a second, it scared me. I was no. like, we just talked about Barbie. No, 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 no. <laughs> in, our, in our minds, let's yeah. think about that time. There were no women doing this. Yeah. Which there were very few that were say, involved there, there in these. There were, but like, you don't hear about them. Very few that were involved in these type of discussions and conversations. And very few in this, in this field or anything in any of the fields that were shown to us in this film, yeah. very few women. So, and also, no, it doesn't pass. What it, what is it? the Bechdel, Bechdel test? Bechdel test, which it, which is my the entirety of my letterbox review <laughs> is that uh, this movie absolutely does not pass the Bechdel test. That's it doesn't. All I wrote, but a lot of great. And I gave it a five out of five. And a lot of great movies don't either. Uh, yeah, but um, particular particularly in a movie like this, I mean, mm-hmm. men destroyed the world. If that's not a statement in and of itself for in a review yeah. of this film. And in the lack of f- uh, women representation. Mm-hmm. 
men destroyed the it's a movie about the end of the world and it's particularly focused of on men men did that that kind of a group of men know. that were trying to end the war did this yeah Cre- started that chain reaction kicked it off with a bang yeah <laughs> sorry Jesus sorry anyway um, a bang that killed hundreds of thousands of people literally um and still is, you know, I mean, there's the the atmosphere over Japan still mm-hmm. being destroyed by fucking, you know, atoms splitting from 80 years ago. Right. Um, and like the toxic, uh, the water system was just toxic mm-hmm. and, you know, no one could live right. for years and it still has negative effects. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I... To me, that would be the argument of the the lack of representation is that, sure. well, it's a movie about the end of the world and women aren't featured in it. So that's, it, I, that feel like a good a thing? Me- I feel like a message in itself. Mm-hmm. And that's why Barbie is, is such a good movie to watch after it is because it's yeah. like, hey, what if women ruled the world? It would be perfect. Right. Exactly. Because in the Barbie world, it's run by women and mm-hmm. everything's perfect. Yeah. Um, so it's an in that in the gender roles uh discussion between the two movies i feel like that's probably the the biggest thing to mm-hmm. point out it's such to go back to the discussion of both films it's such a amazing duality between the two films yeah uh, it's sorry such an interesting and compelling conversation between both of them yeah and i'm i'm glad that these are the two movies to do that mm-hmm. to polar opposite movies um mm-hmm. but s- still have a are still incredibly well made both probably i i want to say barbie is greta's best movie but that's a discussion for a later time sure because ladybird's very good i haven't seen little women though mm. um but i haven't seen any of them yeah so um Ladybird's so good, and that is I simply that, that is simply my fault as an amateur. Um, as a woman, no, <laughs> come on. As an amateur film watcher, mm. um, I have not had the opportunity to watch them. Sure. They are definitely on my list, and I am very much looking forward to watching them. Yeah, I just have not done so yet. But yeah, um, so don't come <laughs> at me. Uh, I'll have to watch Greta's other movies mm-hmm. to um, probably have to be able to back up that conversation but mm-hmm. as of right now i think it's probably her best because yeah. i just as a musical theater nerd <laughs> that movie <laughs> is just and uh, as a film nerd and as someone who is really interested in gender studies mm-hmm. that movie is just perfect there's a scene in going back to barbie i think we're kind of we we're talking about oppenheimer but uh, mm-hmm. we'll kind of give final thoughts on oppenheimer, oppenheimer and then c- give kind of a summary but um there is a moment in Barbie where when Ken is having his his power ballad mm. that we get a Grease style musical number. Oh damn. Ladies and gentlemen, I came in the theater. <laughs> um Please don't say that. Prof Hoff listens to this. Daddy Hoffman, I um no, Daddy I Hoffman, please see this movie. Um, I want to know your thoughts on your next live stream. As soon as um, 
And yes, I do watch your live streams, even if Katie's not. As soon as that scene started, I saw your face, and it was the, like the so most ecstatic, <sighs> childlike wonder so that I've ever seen. The main reason that my face lit up so much, I mean, I still really, really love that scene and mm -hmm. enjoy it. The main reason that my face lit up is because I thought that the music sounded like the uh, opening of one of the versions of Holding Out for a Hero. Oh, and yeah. And I thought that we were getting a, <laughs> a footloose style, style mm -hmm. uh, uh, scene, but we get it's Greece. And uh, the musical, it's kind of, um, kind of like a melody of Greece, but um, I I kind of want to make that uh, song or that audio where that intro leads into holding out for mm -hmm. a hero because it would have fit too, and I think, but sure. it is a movie that I feel like, or it is a song that is worn out by uh, films such as Shrek Two and sure. um, Footloose. Yes. Um, what's grand? Love Footloose. I have a history with Footloose. Um. But anyway, that's ex I think that was probably the primary reason why I was so excited for that scene. But mm -hmm. it, it was still amazing. Um, so my little musical theater heart was just was crying out. And <laughs> and again, going back to Bar <laughs> to Barbie, um, and the the musical theater uh, inspiration, the and how it, even to the villains. The villains being a a single like mob boss, quote unquote, with a kind of side character with all of these this ensemble of just suits behind them. Mm -hmm. It's it's one million percent musical theater. Oh yeah, it's just it's it's big, it's fun. It has a ton of music. The soundtrack is gas. Shout out to Baker. Um, shout out to Baker for that for that line. Um, but it's just we miss you, Baker. We miss you, Becker. Um, he's not dead. He's not. <laughs> yeah, he's uh, he's rotting under my apartment. Um, Telltale heart be like <laughs> Edgar Allan Poe be like. Um, but the, again, that entire movie just feels like a musical theater show. Sure. And it's just so brilliant and has this beautiful message. Mm -hmm. And then Oppenheimer is so dark and disturbing and <laughs> devastating. Mm. Um, but I, I genuinely think that uh, Oppenheimer is a a modern masterpiece, and yes. will and Killian. I don't think we talked real a lot about Killian Murphy, but he is just absolutely fantastic mm -hmm. in this movie. I don't think there was I don't think there was a better casting. There really is. I don't for really, Oppenheimer. Yeah, I don't, and I think no one talks about uh, how like. He's worked with Killian before, mm -hmm. and he's but like, but never yeah, as a starring role. Right, it's like this is the movie where he really gets to shine. And sure. It's, I, if he doesn't win the best actor nomination, mm -hmm. I'm gonna be very surprised. Sure. Because this performance is just absolutely incredible. I'm really excited to s to um to um to watch the Oscars. Yeah. Just just because I just to see the nominations. Sure. Almost. The number of nominations that this that both these movies will have. Right. Is Visual we'll effects, I feel like, is oh. is just a given. Yeah, because astounding. Uh, Nolan says there's not any CGI in this movie, mm -mm. which I don't, you know, I don't know how much. I'm sure there's some visual effects in sure. certain scenes, because you kind, you know, you kind of have to do that. But mm -hmm. it's also in films. I don't know who knows. Mm -hmm. um, um, like some of the light sequences early on in the film. Yeah. 
like the light swirling above his bed. Well, yeah, I mean, there's those those visual effects. Sure. But, um, which I mean, who knows? Maybe that was real. Maybe. Um, they did like a long it exposure. It was and those, the lights being like an, an atom. You're right. I, um, I, I knew that. I, I know. I mean, actually, if you didn't know, <laughs> uh, I know I'm a woman, but I'm not that dumb. No. Um, it was really just me reinforcing myself that, that I knew that that was an atom and not yeah. just a fancy light show. Sure. Um, but uh, yeah, this movie is, I think, a modern masterpiece and it's mm-hmm. going to be talked about for in film studies for at least a, a, a long time. I'm about to start film school, so I'm sure this is gonna, this and Barbie gonna, are going to be like the two big movies that mm-hmm. people want to talk about. I'm really excited to see more of the conversations that these two movies spark yeah. um, later. Whether it's this year or in years to come, I'm really excited to see that yeah. that conversation. Yeah. Um, so I guess uh, final. I guess what's your uh, final rating of both of these movies and slash the experience of watching the double feature? Five out of five. Five out of five. Everything is. Everything is. Everything is terrible. a plus. Hundred <laughs> percent. Uh, whatever your your grading scale that you sure. that you subscribe to. Um, be prepared if you do a double feature. Yeah. Go into it knowing that it's it's rough. It's rough to watch both of them back to back, regardless of what order you do it in. It's hard. Yeah. Um however, I think um I mean you have to do it for the meme. Gotta do it for the meme. For the meme. <laughs> do it for the meme. You could, I mean Sure. That's why we did it. Twenty years from now, people are gonna ask you mm. where were you? When the world <laughs> stopped spinning. I was literally <laughs> about to say that, and I couldn't do it. <laughs> As Alan Jackson once posed the question, <laughs> where were you when the world stopped spinning? It was about 9-11. I know it was. That's the bit. Um, um, which, that's, that's also an entire conversation about the downfall of country music after oh that song was released. But that's, again, Anyways. <laughs> different conversation. Moving on. Um you asked me, um, when we went to see Talk to Me, um, you asked me, hey, I'm thinking about doing a double feature for Oppenheimer and Barbie. Do you, wa- do you want to do it too? I don't think you're a huge fan or you, I don't think, he, it doesn't feel like you want to go see Oppenheimer. Sure. And I said something to the effect of, I have to. Yeah. For the <laughs> meme. I don't care if I don't like it. I need this. I need to do this for the meme. Yeah. Which, I mean, like, I probably wouldn't have done a double feature. I probably would have. I mean, that's the thing. Like, both of these movies have such a, a uh, interesting draw mm-hmm. that, like, I would probably would have seen both of these movies in theaters and just to sure. support them, too. Um, but the double feature thing probably wouldn't have happened if it sure. wasn't such a meme. And, like, um. I didn't. I, d- I, I asked you if you wanted to come with me and... I asked if you just wanted to see Barbie mm-hmm. and just because that like I'm a woman. No, that's I'm trying to pack up my rationale here. <laughs> <laughs> um, not not because that like Oppenheimer was the man movie or whatever. Sure. But again, again, not a man. So But I also don't tend to watch dramas right. or um or political or historical films. Because I know the movies that you watch are like, you know, they're horror. Or, I mean, you don't even really like comedies. Um, it's just a very specific kind of movie that sure. you like to watch. 
I knew that Barbie had to be in there just because it's Barbie. It's, fucking, it's Barbie. Yeah. Know, everyone wants to go see Barbie. Right. Um, but then Oppenheimer, it, it was just, it's such a niche thing. Mm. Like, I, you I have to watch it in IMAX. You mm. have to, you know. I understand where you were coming from with that. But the way I see it is that, like you said, later in life, I needed to be able to say I saw both. If films. Alan Jackson turns to you and asks you, <laughs> if Alan Jackson where were you talked to me, Barb and Heimer I would happened? cry. I know, right? I would, I'd love that man. I would love to meet um, Alan Jackson. Regardless, um, what was I saying? Um, about like seeing those two movies and being interested in them. Yes, um, I needed to see both of them, regardless yeah. if I was originally interested in Oppenheimer yet or not, because I had seen very little sure. other than the meme. Yeah, about well, them. Yeah, and I, I, I don't think I've seen a full trailer for mm-mm. it. Well, we don't watch regular television yeah. either, so it was. I'm not surprised that we didn't see a full trailer. And I, I, I don't. Neither one of us sought it out or and, anything. And I haven't really like seen many non-horror movies in theaters, so sure. like I have, there wouldn't have been a trailer for it. Right. So, but I needed to see it to know, just to be able, not just to be able to say, I saw both of them. I, I was there for but Barbenheimer. Now in hindsight, knowing that it's such, this is a historical stepping stone for yeah. cinema. Yeah. And I need, knowing, I think I kind of knew that this was going to be a huge moment for film. I, and that's why I needed to see it. Yeah. Is because it's such a historical. Yeah moment yeah and yeah uh, the the same thing for me like i wasn't like i I love christopher nolan and like i want to go see his movies when he makes one but uh i mean i say that but i didn't go see tenet or dunkirk or um any of the (laughs) okay so your point doesn't so my point doesn't really stand but um this the only reason i went to go see it in theaters is because people because of the marketing of being you have to see this a certain way because of the way it was filmed yeah and how the director wants you to see it which again it's a meme that like well here's how <laughs> i love the memes of like uh, people watching oppenheimer on like a uh, like a 2000s uh, portable disc player yeah it's like how christopher nolan intended so fucking funny or like on, on a 2004 nokia phone it reminded me of do you remember that that meme that happened like a few months ago of like of the Lorax of people watching the Lorax on whatever screen they could find? I don't think so. It was on my for you page all over the place, but there was one of like on a Nokia phone, on a calculator, like a Casio calculator. Oh, yeah, yeah. There was one that was like on a pregnancy test. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty it, good. So that meme of seeing it the way Nolan intended and yeah. The Laura, right? <laughs> For some <laughs> the reason, the only connection that anyone's gonna make <laughs> between the Lorax and Oppenheimer is that meme of right. watching it on any screen that you right. can find. That's the only reason why it connected yeah. for me. And that was kind of—it's kind of the only reason I, I specifically went out to go see this movie in a specific format. Sure, is just because you're like, oh, I want to go. I want to see big explosion on big IMAX scene, mm-hmm. and then walking out of the movie. Uh, just I am become compl- I am become death, the destroyer, destroyer of worlds. Um, yeah, not expecting to genuinely love the movie or right. be affected by it in that way. Yeah. Um, because like when when I heard that like no one was making that movie, I was like, oh okay, yeah, cool. I guess yeah. you know, it 
you know, I like historical movies for the most part, depending mm-hmm. on what it is, especially World War Two era movies. Sure. Um, so like, oh yeah, sure, that works out. And then of course the meme. I was like, well, now I gotta go see this. Gotta go see it for the meme. Um, but yeah, I loved both of these movies, mm-hmm. both five out of fives. You know, hundred percent. Um, definitely if, would. If watch I had the again. money right now, I probably would go see. Probably not Oppenheimer again, but I would definitely go see Barbie again. See, I'm the opposite. I would go see um, really? Oppenheimer again. Oh yeah, because yeah, I feel like both of us were both were both affected by Barbie, but mm-hmm. you definitely more so. I feel like I was very strongly yeah. affected because I don't. Yeah, I. Yeah. Sure, I understand. Um, um, I'm neither neither gender, but in which is why it resonated with me as well. Resonated um, equally between the two. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's like you know, it's, you know, fucking paradox, not paradox, but mm-hmm. uh, um, equilibrium. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I love Barbie. Played with them growing up. Still, still working on identity. So you know, it definitely had an impact. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I would obviously recommend to go see both of these movies. Please of go course. see them. Please support um, these these filmmakers. Um, it's it's an amazing experience. Yeah, I think that everybody should. Uh, I f- I think everybody of every audience background, gender, etc., should see both of them at yeah. least once. Um, but yeah, that would be our a excuse me. That would be our review of the cultural moments that mm-hmm. is Barbenheimer. I think we I would like to call these these like discussion episodes uh, "Cream of the Crop." Working title. Working title. Um, cream <laughs> of the crop. <laughs> but uh, we might be going with "Cream of the Crop." Um, I don't know how we're going to label these episodes, but uh, that's all right. Um, Hopefully next time, uh, next episode is going to be, uh, it's a bottom of the barrel episode mm-hmm. uh, with Jake and Daniel and I talking about prisoners of the sun. Um, I know it wasn't, especially the amount of technical difficulties that we had during that recording session. Oh really? Not fun. Oh, I remember. Um, I was in the other room while you guys were yeah, recording. It was miserable. Yeah, I I heard about all this, so but, uh, I'm excited <laughs> to hear it. But hopefully the put final final put together project will be at least somewhat wa- listenable. Sure. You haven't um, edited it yet? No. Oh, God. Well, because, th- I mean, this this episode's coming out before that one. Oh, so yeah. So this comes out tomorrow, which, if you're listening to this on Friday, it comes out today. And if you're listening to it two weeks from now, it came out two weeks ago. This was recorded the day before it comes out, so. This is recorded. Um, In front of a live studio Russian audience. Experiment. Um, Those were sorry. two completely different trains of thought. So um, I hope the Russian sleep experiment and a live studio audience. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Um, Jesus. (laughs) I mean, if you want to be technical, it was in front of a live audience. Anyways, um, I hope you guys enjoyed this different episode of Bottom of the Barrel. Um, I hope. Let us know if you enjoy this format. Yeah. I would l- we would love to hear some uh, feedback from you guys. Obviously, we were supposed to have a guest star today, but uh, scheduling didn't work out. Sure. And uh, the idea is f- to have these episodes with more people sure. to talk with. If you would like to um, guest, guest spot on one of these discussion <laughs> Please episodes. Please, we'll take anyone. No. <laughs> um, we are... We are bottom of the barrel. Thank you. <laughs> Sorry. I, I can't get my train of thought together. If you would like to guest spot on one of these episodes, let us know. We'd love to, yeah. to have some have some of our listeners on. It'd be a really fun exper- uh, experience. The idea is to have like a rotating 
uh, content episodes. Maybe sure. not necessarily uh, groups. Mm-hmm. Groups will kind of be uh, maybe more all over the place mm-hmm. than normal anyway. But uh, we'll have a bottom of the barrel episode uh, released on a Friday. Mm-hmm. Uh, next Friday will be a more of a discussion episode um, talking about you know whatever movies that we've seen, sure. movie news, uh, um, whatever I we want to do. I would love to do an episode on Talk to Me. Oh yeah, an episode uh, that would be fun. Um, I think it technically hasn't. It d- I don't think it. I think technically it doesn't release until tomorrow. Really? I think that's. I thought it was today or or yesterday that or it dropped. Yeah, well, Thursdays. Yeah, te- I guess technically it would be. Today. I didn't realize that we saw it so early. Yeah, and then I think tomorrow is technically when it releases. So okay. our next ep- our next discussion episode could be a talk to me episode. I would love um, to. It I would. would it, it would just be us two again. Sure. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, let us know what you think about these kind of newer style episodes and uh, what kind of content you would like to see from us um, aside from what we already planned. Mm-hmm. Um, follow us on Instagram and Facebook, Bottom of the Barrel. Uh, send us an email, bottom of the barrel pod at gmail.com. Two L's on both of those, of course. Um, Join us next week for another awful movie. For, an, for an, uh, another. Uh, <laughs> Join us next week for an awful movie. Mm. Uh, these two, obviously, as both of us have explained, are not terrible movies. Sorry, I didn't mean it that way. Um, I meant going back to yeah, going back to our, going yeah. back to awful. Going back to our roots. Um, but uh, yeah, follow us on our Instagrams, and uh, we'll catch you in the next episode. Bye. Bye. I'm a burning girl <laughs> in the burning <laughs> world, life in plastic. It's fantastic. Come on, party. Let's go party. Party and party.